First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremover.com. Guys, we are back and we are in a new location. And today I have not disappointed you again. I have got on a woman that is a top entrepreneur. She's a fitness influencer, an international fitness influencer. She's a, she's a woman that has five children and has smashed it in business on so many different levels. And Chantelle Duncan, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me set up in your what should we call this? The humble abode. Humble abode. What, what? What is this? What is this part of the business? This is like the, the the the. What is this? The content room. Yeah, creative space. A space when I have my children at work. Oh, uh, the 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 the, the uh, childcare center. We're in the childcare center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think honestly, the reason I, I chased you for so long about having you on the podcast is because obviously, with everything that you've done and achieved in, in life so to speak has been, has been fantastic and to do it with you know I, I was reading an article about you a few days back and it's like you had five children in in a six-year space and to do to build everything that you've built whilst being a mum whilst going through all that all those pregnancies has been an extraordinary journey I have no doubt how did you but if we take it way back beyond then how did you first like did you have a passion for fitness going through school or how did it work out for you like that it all stemmed back to uh, how fitness got me to where I am today as a child, um, unintentionally though. Um, as a child, I think you don't have that cognitive development yet to understand the power of movement and um, just how fundamental doing team sports and being involved in, in any sports and what that gains as a young adolescent and what it teaches you when it, you get released into the real world, right? You have a coach and you know what it's like to lose, you know what it's like to win, you know what it's like to work hard and progressively get better at something. And it's an individual attack. You're working on yourself. You're trying to develop yourself, right? You do that as an adult. But as a child, sports will make someone something. And I think we underestimate the power of how important it is for our children and what it did for me. So let's go strip it all the way back and what makes me who I am today and why do I have the values that I have and why do I see wealth in in certain areas that people can take for granted, for example. Why do I have five kids and why do I do it all? Growing up, I came from a really dysfunctional upbringing and for a while there you don't realise that it is and I think a lot of people can relate that Everyone turns a blind eye and you think because it's blood, you have to accept it and that is the way it is and you just follow a chain and um, you get squashed in thinking that this is how it's supposed to be and this is how you're supposed to be treated and how you're supposed to feel, right? But then you go to a mainstream school and that's what I was very blessed to go to. 
and you start hanging out with different kids, you start seeing different um, relationships with their family and then eventually you start staying at their house and then you start uh, having more independence and being able to go out and um, interact, you know, at dinner times with them, sleepovers and parties and holidays with other people and you start to get an idea, you start to see and, you know, we, as children... We change based on how someone makes us feel, the energy uh, someone can portray. And as adults, um, we forget that. But uh, children, we don't have the vocabulary to really understand and digest what's going on, but we know what it makes us, how it makes us feel, right? And that gave me a massive eye-opening experience as to what life should be like or could be like, should I say. And I don't take anything as a uh, negative or as a victim it's a blessing it's a massive blessing and I am so much stronger and wiser than I could ever be because I had these experiences and I was able to build myself from them and come from one extreme and I know a lot of people can relate when you hit rock bottom it really makes you fight and when you hit when you hit these lows it really teaches you that uh, resilience and emotional discipline at such a young age and pushed me into wanting to stay away from home. So I put myself out there into sport and I had someone who gave me attention, a coach. I got given positive reinforcement, positive attention. Um, That became addictive to me because it was such a blessing. It was the wealth in having that attention that I wasn't getting. Um, The support or just someone seeing potential in me and seeing that I could be good at something, that became addictive. So it's essentially the fact that someone was seeing more in yourself than perhaps you could see in yourself at the time. Yeah, because I'm not surrounded by it when I'd go home. So what were some of the darker things and darker times that were happening within your childhood then at home that weren't kind of conducive to what the mainstream were experiencing? It's not a something happened. It was just a consistent way of living. I remember sitting down with someone saying, um, oh, yeah, I'm booking this holiday with my family and I'm so excited. And they said, oh, you always book holidays for your kids. Why? And I said, well, when I look back at how many holidays I went on, I went on one. As a child with our family, we went on one holiday and it was arguing. We didn't have a fun time. There was no love as essentially like as a family and you really admire what you see and you want what you see in others and um and to me wealth is quality time with my family so that's one example um violence drugs all those things that um you know it can really damage relationships and damage um a family and I really value that um, eye-opening experience to see how much drugs can affect family and a person. And so, hand on my heart, I, I don't do drugs. I've never done drugs. And that was because I was blessed to be able to experience the downside to it. So who was showing you that downside to drugs in your family? Was, were family members like taking drugs openly around you in your childhood yeah. and things like that happening? Yeah, and we'd have... You know, the cops come in and do raids and, you know, people rocking up to our house that were very sketchy and... And you just thought this was normal, how... You don't ask. You're not yeah. allowed to ask. You're not allowed to step foot in certain areas. Um, you just... 
behave. And that's how you get on with life. And that's how everyone turns a blind eye. You just don't ask questions. And if you're smart, you stay away. And you stay out of trouble. So you stay at school. You put yourself into team sports. You hang out with other friends, families, and you do things um, to stay away. But you, without realising the power of sports and having a team, so a community, right, a family essentially. And that got me through high school. I pushed myself. I became somebody and I felt like I was heard, um, age champion throughout all of my schooling. I never not won my races, my high jump, my long jump. I mean, I'm six foot two, but, you know, I tried and I did good. <laughs> I've tried every sport. I didn't care what it was. It just kept me busy. So weightlifting, rugby union, touch, basketball, volleyball, netball, um, ath- little athletics. I did everything and anything swimming, uh, whether I was good or not. It taught me that no one can deny you of hard work. If you just try and figure it out, you can join that team sport and you can figure out how to do it. You can figure out where you fit. Um, shit at dribbling a ball for basketball. Fantastic at post. I know my strengths and I worked on my strengths. I know my weaknesses and I stayed away from it. So you, so essentially you, you, didn't, you didn't pay any attention to any weaknesses within yourself. You just specifically worked on getting those strengths stronger and leaning into those strengths. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, isn't it? A lot of people work on their weaknesses when they should be enhancing their strengths and going all in on what they're good at. Yeah, not even just working on their weaknesses, just focusing on their weaknesses and blurring out their strengths. I think a lot of the time we get so distracted on everything negative around us and everything that's not working for us that that's all we end up seeing and we forget the good and the people that matter and the things we have achieved and the values and the type of person we are and that we can rest ahead at night and know that we are good people, that we forget about the good things that we are. How have you gone about healing those emotional wounds that would have been caused by some of the stuff that you saw in your childhood? I know no better. I think emotional discipline is something that takes time and once you channel it and you understand it, I feel as though it becomes your superpower. You don't dwell, you move on, you understand how to, your perception on things is very clear and very positive and you understand that these are hurdles and challenges that you were gifted with. You are not the only one, you're also not even that bad, there is worse cases out there. This is just what you've been given, either take it and run with it and become something fantastic from it or sit there and dwell and become a victim and do nothing but allow it to be at no point your responsibility. But how have you flipped your perspective? Because a lot of people would have run with the victim mentality. So how have you flipped that on, on its head? One, I do think it's in the individual at some point, but two, fitness. So just fitness has been, has been, has been that channel for you? Yeah. But when you, obviously, you, you, you came from a, a family that, maybe were all together but maybe weren't as functional as what you what you now know to be truly functional in in a modern day family but what was it obviously you met your partner at school and you've been with him since since that time Sam you've been with Sam that long since you grew up I mean what what was it that made you want to get into such a stable relationship so early and, and have that stability when you don't have I guess that connection 
in your life, you don't have that male role model, you do, and you see it time and time, um, children that come from broken families or uh, a rough background, uh, they tend to dive into things. And I was um, obviously in a very healthy state. I was very athletic and very active and surrounding myself with really pretty much the same people, people that are in sports and those uh, that are driven. And I met him through that environment and he was into rugby league and he was very good at it um, and very driven and um, very confident and just had this really positive vibe. He was so attractive in the sense that he had confidence, a massive group of friends, very athletic, played piano, beatboxed, was a positive life of every um, event or party or social gathering at school and that was so attractive to me to feel that energy and um, he came from a very chaotic um, background and it was just the right time like we met each other at the right time and we both were longing for that connection and I'm very blessed that it was him because he is the most respectful human I've ever come across and I am his world. He is just the best thing. I wish every woman could experience a relationship like he promotes to me and gives to me and our children. Um, So again, I don't think I would have been open to meeting anyone if I didn't have that history. If I didn't have that yeah. longing for a relationship and for a connection with somebody that I could turn to, that I could trust if things were going wrong and I could open my world to and know that it was in a safe space. So we were each other's rocks um, growing up as teenagers. I met him when I was 14 and he was 15. And um, we went through high school together. He went and got a scholarship for football. As I said, he was really good at it and um, – we moved, he moved into a different school for the final year and then after school we got a rental and, you know, we didn't have, I didn't have a place to stay. So once I turned 18, it was like, this is you now. And it was a massive eye-opening experience that this is not my fault, but it is my responsibility to take ownership of my life. And at 18, if nothing goes further from here that is my fault it is no one else's at 18 you are responsible for yourself you can't keep depending on people because then that behavior will continue to to go with you throughout your life you'll never take ownership of your life you'll always rely on somebody or point the finger at somebody or become a victim in every situation possible I feel as though Having nowhere to go and having to figure out how to get a roof over my head was the coolest adventure. And we did it together. And we've continued to do everything together. So how do you essentially work on, if, if someone's listening to this that wants to attract the perfect partner into their life, male or female, I mean, what, how do you think they go about best attracting that into their life so they get the right person for, you know, on the bus for the so that they go together kind of thing. How, do, how? What's your view on that? I really wish with everything in life you could say, hi, I'm John Smith and I am normal. 
I am a good person. But you can't. You really just got to put your best foot forward and give everything a, like a good shot and know that when things don't go right or things um, happen that aren't positive, that that is the universe giving you that experience to learn, to get stronger, wiser, yeah. smarter from. You have to be willing to try because if you sit there waiting for the perfect opportunity, you're wasting time. You're wasting opportunity to learn, to grow, to develop and evolve as an individual. It doesn't always happen like that. And I mean, we were very blessed to have met each other when we did, but at the same time, we've grown together. So we've developed and learned how to become the adults that we are today together. I mean, you're meeting someone in your 30s, I guess, when they've already got history. So there's probably a whole different bag of information to sift through and figure out. We didn't have that, but we also had our other challenges as, you know, we were children, we were learning. Yeah, essentially, essentially you've gone on a path and grown together through the path and done a lot of learning together. But essentially, I suppose that if... If like I if if I if I go and meet a woman now and we're both in our thirties, then essentially what you're saying is that she's got some baggage, probably some previous relationships, probably some traumas that she's got to get through and work through. And then when you come together, it's a different set of scenarios that you've got to move through as as a, as a couple, so to speak. Yeah. But do you think a lot of people are are going out into the world and? doing things that don't really support where they actually truly want to go because they're trying to mask trauma that they've never dealt with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I created the company that I have because I think it's a unintentional way of really getting through the weight that they're carrying I and suppose, giving them an outlet. I suppose fitness is the first place that before people go and work on the mental plane and go and do breath work or meditation or go and do some heat, spiritual stuff to heal themselves from the inside out, I suppose the first place most people go is to fitness to do that healing, to start doing that work, to better their body, to better their self. Yeah, you've got to be unapologetically selfish and work on yourself and start figuring out what makes you feel unbalanced, what makes you feel ick and work on that. And that is through nutrition, moving your body, maybe speaking up, uh, breath work perhaps, whatever it may be, but start working on yourself. And that's what I would encourage anyone if you met someone and you saw that they had those baggage or history or traumas um to encourage that to give them that space and support to go do what they want to do and not feel selfish or um what's, what's the first supported what's the first stage for you though in regards to if you were to, if you if i said if i came to you and, and said to you look Chantel, i've got some trauma in my life and i'm trying to fix this what would the what would your first piece of advice be to me or to someone listening to this that wants to start doing the work on their traumas but they don't really know where to start I would just encourage to put your, just every day, put your best foot forward. So that means make your bed, start your day feeling fresh, uh, get to the gym and stick to a routine. I don't even care if you don't even do a brilliant job at the gym. Just knowing that you did something that you set yourself out to achieve, putting small little flicks of positivity in that person's every day will eventually keep moving them in the direction they need to and then they'll get to a state of mind where they can channel it, they can handle it, they can start clearly digesting and sifting through what it is that's causing this issue. They might have the confidence then to speak out to someone. But if they are so uncomfortable with who they are, there's no way that they're going to have the the 
mental capacity to even want to touch and and even look at what it might be. They don't want to talk about it. They don't know how to channel and understand it and they don't know, they don't want to feel that. But when you're confident and when you're feeling yourself and when your vibe is high and you're feeling like you're elevating, you're on another level, you want to challenge yourself to be better and those things you will hit um, with a clear mind, not because someone's telling you, but because you want it, you want that change. And that's the other thing, like you need to want it yourself. You can't, someone can't tell you to do it. But you yeah, need to give yeah. them that space to want to work on themselves. So like if your partner is unhappy, give them that support to work on themselves. Find out what it is that, that, that makes them happy and let them start doing it. You know, emotional discipline is bloody hard, but if you consistently work on it, eventually it becomes natural behaviour. It becomes something that you can adhere to naturally. I think a lot of people as well, if they say they're going to do something or they say they're going to turn out in some way for themselves, they have to commit to doing that. Like um, it, it, it's it's all right saying that you're going to give up this or you're going to start doing this, but if you don't go and actually execute and do that, do that thing that you said you were going to do, every time you do that, you 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 take away confidence within yourself, which puts you further back down the down the road in terms of growth. And that's um the other thing. Make sure it's realistic. Make sure what you're setting out is something that you can like you can achieve. Because if your goal is to lose ten kilos and that's all you're focusing on. As an example, just throwing shit out of a wall and seeing what sticks. That 10 kilos is going to take potentially three, six months to achieve. For that period of time, you're consistently going to be unhappy because you haven't reached your goal yet. Give yourself more attainable goals, daily goals. As I say, get to the gym. I don't care if you just sat there on the floor. You got to the gym. You made that appointment. You can tick it off your to-do list. Satisfying as heck. That is the shit that makes us elevate. That giving ourselves little goals each week that allow us to achieve greatness in the end and then you'll get that 10 kilos that was never in your like your sight um just because that is the that's what the outcome was going you know what i mean like it's, yeah, you've you're bro- enjoying you've, the fruits of your labor you've you've broken it down like if you want to lose a, a kilo of weight you you just lose it at 1 pound at a time and just keep losing yeah. 1 pound and keep losing another 1 pound and another 1 pound and another 1 pound so you can't get a dog and tell it to sit once and think it's going to know it from that point on like it, it just takes a lot of discipline and consistency so you think every day i'm going to spend 5 minutes with the dog well there's a, there's a reason why you have the business you have with here. There's a reason why that you're successful in the terms of, and I'll use this in quotation, there's a reason you're successful as an influencer, as an online personality. And there's a reason you're successful in the relationship. And the, and the reason is because you turn up consistently over a long period of time and you put in the work to get better at every area of your life. Yeah. And and that is so important that everyone sees that the it's the compound effect of what that is in those reps that actually make someone be what deemed as what the outside world world sees or classes as successful. You yeah, know? and I believe as going straight back to childhood sport, you have to practice and practice and show up and turn up if you in order to get captain or in order to be good or in order to win. It doesn't happen overnight, and it's the same with business life, channeling traumas. You have to show up every day. You have to keep practicing, and eventually you'll get the goal. But no one can deny you of hard work, and that is something that you need to remind yourself of daily do you have a, a 
I, I presume you have this framework in your mind, but do you have it written down anywhere, what you will and won't accept in your life in every area? I don't have anything written down, essentially, but I definitely think I channel it naturally, unintentionally, by how it makes me feel. And, I mean, it's hard. Like, the disease to please is something that I struggle with. That's a brilliant quote, that is. Disease to please. Yeah. And am I living with intention? And they're the things that I guess I bring it back down to and that spreads across everything. And it it happens in your everyday interaction, your everyday behaviour. My parenting, am I parenting with intention? What was my intention on saying that to my child or doing that to my child? Um, Just living with intention and trying to focus on removing myself from the disease to please. Where did you first identify that that quote you've just said there, disease to please? Because when you said that, I just I felt every word of that because I realised that the whole of society is going through a life where they're looking to please the external eyes on them, but really it might not set their sole purpose on on fire. It might not it might not align with who they truly are as a as a human. Where did that first get coined, and where did it first present itself in your life? I think it started when I was around twenty twenty one, and I got to a point after school I stopped doing sports, right? And that's because everything was involved in the in the school. If it was requiring me to go somewhere, there was no one to take me. So I couldn't do those sports. So as soon as I finished school, I stopped sports altogether. And um, it, I was 20, 21, and I'd just been flogging myself, working three jobs, if that, saving, counting coins for fuel, Everything I had, I bought, never got a loan and partying with my friends, trying to fit in all the time and working out what you're wearing this weekend. And I just realized I was so unhappy. And what was I doing with my life? I was literally just trying to survive and fit in. And I had done that all my life throughout school, trying to fit in so people wouldn't judge me from where I came from or that I didn't have the money or the things that they had. And I thought, you need to stop or you're going to become a chain reaction. You're going to just continue what you've always never wanted to be. So I found a kickboxing gym and I also um, said, I'm just going to run around a block. And it was going back to the basics. It's like fitness, move my body. I knew that I felt good when I was doing that and I didn't have the money um, at the time. So I started that block run. And then eventually, as your priorities shift, I found more money because your priorities shift. And I went to a Muay Thai gym and started kickboxing. And I just wanted to get all this weight off my shoulders and feel like I could switch off for a second. And all I could focus on was just my breath. And it was um, – sorry, what was your question? I'm just – I want you to follow this train of thought. Yeah, it was going to answer your question. So I found this gym and I was doing Muay Thai uh, kickboxing and it changed my focus, right? And here we go, the disease to please. So when I stopped focusing on creating these weekend events and being the host of everything and the life of the party, I started realizing that when I couldn't be that person, people changed. My relationships changed. And I thought, wait a second, I was only intentionally doing things to please people, 
to fit in and I need to I need to quit this. I need to stop being this person because I now am suffering. I'm now not fulfilled. I'm now struggling. I'm flogging myself to try to keep up. So I learned that if if I live with intention and people can't see that and can't support that and aren't genuine with me, that that validation is fine. Like it that it expired. And not everyone's meant to continue with you. As you elevate, they might not be able to stay on that altitude with you. And that's absolutely fine. You did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. It's just not everything is to last a lifetime. Some things just last a season. And that is okay. And as I kept moving and focusing on myself, I started noticing it. I was so busy trying to please people that I became so unhappy and it took so long. Like I reckon it's a solid decade of me still trying to focus on am I intentionally doing something to please that person so they like me or am I doing it because that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's the right thing to do. I think there's so many people that are going through this as well. Yeah. And we're so afraid of what people might think about us or losing connection and relationships and feeling like we've failed. But when it's so uplifting and empowering when you realize to letting go helps strengthen the positive and the good relationships that you have around you. And it's so much healthier and easier to invest in quality over quantity. And as I was saying to you, I just don't give enough Fs. I don't know if I can swear on here. Yeah, you can swear. Okay, I don't give enough fucks in life. And it's the best feeling in the world. Because that I can fit when you when you said that to me before the podcast, it's it, I can I could feel a woman that was free. It was like you were, you'd finally freed yourself from from the the patterns of your past, so to speak. Absolutely, that's perfectly said. And I want everyone to evaluate. If you're listening to this right now, like think about who do you surround yourself with? What do you put your energy and time into? Are you doing this intentionally for? the disease to please so people like you or are you doing it because that is who you are and you want to live this life where you don't give enough fucks what people think about you but you live with good intention you are a good human being and when I die and I'm whatever 80 90 years old will I even care about these people or these situations no my family my friends that my good quality relationships they're where I want to invest my time into because you, know. you can nurture that and you can you can curate the 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 life and the energy that you want around you. We yourself. have control. But it takes a little bit of self-reflection to get to that point. And you do that through fitness. You have to reflect on where you're we are not really good at. And fitness actually gives you the chance to have community, but it also gives you the chance to be alone with yourself. And to push through your demons, both physically and mentally, if you allow, if you allow fitness to guide you to the place where it can push you through those yeah, barriers. Mental fortitude, it pushes you. And you have someone, at my gym, you have someone over your shoulder who believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And it teaches you that you can do more than you think you're capable of. And there are people out there, because you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people at the gym, they're people who want to up. They they want to grow. They want to level up. They want to elevate in life. When you surround yourself with it every single day or every second day, it becomes a part of your life. 
and that way of being becomes a way of living. And and I honestly believe that of as humans we are energy, obviously. And we have an aura around us and the bigger we can make that aura, the, the more abundance, the more life, the better people you're going to attract into your energy sphere because you are radiating at a different frequency. Absolutely. I want people when they meet me or when they have one interaction with me, I want them to gain a dollar. I don't want to take a dollar from them. I want yeah. people to feel good. I want, I don't care how, um, what I do to people, what I do for people. I just want people to feel good when they're with me. It's all about, because every interaction with people, you you leave that person feeling better or worse for that interaction they've had with you that day. There's no, you never leave anyone in a conversation feeling the same as when you started. Yeah. So when you meet someone and you're in that in their presence, you 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 are you're either leaving them better for the conversation you've had, or you're leaving them worse. They've either learned something about themselves, or they or they've or they're thinking something bad. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. you have the opportunity of every person that you communicate with to be a you know be a light for yourself and be a light in their day you don't have to you don't have to come with the same pattern that you came with yesterday you get a choice on how you turn up you know and if the pattern that you're taking out to the world every day isn't giving you the the feedback from the world of how you want to feel or how you want the world world to feedback to you the fastest way to change the outer world is to change your inner reality and you've got the choice to do that yeah it's, it costs nothing. And it teaches you as well. If you're dealing with uh, yesterday's drama and you find it really hard to challenge uh, that and to channel um, your emotions and try, you know, get on with your day, just practicing it by being, you know, put yourself in front of people, go to a gym and challenge yourself. I, I feel shit from what happened today at work. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to have a positive conversation with someone. Test yourself, teach yourself and practice it because it will teach you that emotional discipline and how to portray that energy and, and, and be that light that you want to be. And then eventually it becomes second nature to you. You just know how to channel shit in life because life is never going to get easy. And if it was easy, then we would all be living perfectly. We would all be in perfect relationships, shredded as fuck and rich <laughs> and living on yachts. Like, no, it's it's hard, but it's the journey that is the, the best part about it. It's so rewarding. Well, there's so much learning that can happen when you're in the pursuit of actually what you truly want. Mm. And it's like you were saying earlier that, you know, there's so many people out there that are potentially surrounded by people that they shouldn't be surrounded by because they're acting in a certain way, not congruent with who they are as a human being. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to give yourself the best opportunity of living a full, authentic life, you have to lean into the fact of saying, do you know what? I'm not turning up to the world congruent with actually who I am and how I truly feel. Yeah. And when you decide to turn up in a different way out there in the world, the world will, will take away everything that isn't for you which is actually good for you, you might feel some loss, but when they take that away, it's going to be replaced with something that's far more abundant and suitable for your for your growth trajectory than you could ever imagine. Because everything that you can imagine on the physical plane is nothing compared to what can be manifested in, into reality, considering, because we, we always doubt, as humans, we downplay it. The, the, the one thing I've noticed about um, successful people like yourself is, you guys have a, a way of compounding growth year on year and year and understand the length of time it takes to compound the, the wins that you have. Whereas um, a lot of people out there that perhaps aren't having the success that they want, what they do is they they overestimate what can be achieved in one year but underestimate what can be achieved in 10. Yeah. And if you look at things of like, would I, generally, 
would I want to do this sport for 10 years? Would I want to be with this woman or this man for 10 years? Would I want to be, be in this business for 10 years? If you look at playing long-term games with long-term people, your whole life changes because you'll really, you'll, you'll only operate your decisions from being able to know that you're fully going to want to be around this person for a long period of time or they're in this business deal. Mm. Is, is that something that you've, you've identified for yourself? Yeah, I guess so in a sense, definitely. Um, you just put it well. <laughs> you say it really well. Um, but yeah, I like, again, it doesn't happen overnight. And I don't want anyone listening to this thinking, I'm so far from that point in my life. I just don't know how to even begin. And there is no one, two, three, ABC, right? To yep. get to where you're saying. It just takes, firstly, putting yourself first, checking in with yourself and seeing how do you feel? How are you behaving? Evaluate that interaction you just had. How could it have been better? Did that make me feel good? Like really talk to yourself and understand how you're feeling and intuitively act. A lot of people, everyone has intuition, right, Chantel? But but not a lot of people trust their own intuition. But their intuition is never wrong about, about no. them, right? Your, inti- your soul and your soul purpose in here and everything that happens in your gut, is, is you cannot deny it. But but you can choose. You get the you get the freedom of choice to ignore it. And a lot of people, because they don't spend enough time with themselves and enough time in silence and enough time listening to the whispers that are coming from your gut, you're you're kind of mad, madly in the pursuit of what might seem great on the external plane, but on the internal plane, it doesn't suit your soul. And and your soul your soul always knows what you should be doing. It's such a terrible way to feel as well and live. Um, you know having just unhealthy behaviours with or interactions with people and just knowing that you're not valued or potentially not um, get, meeting them half, they're not meeting you halfway with who you are and, and your values. And I think that's your intuition, as you said, it doesn't lie. But it takes so much practice at backing it because, I mean, it's it's a chance. You're taking a risk. But if someone makes does something to you or makes you feel a certain way, that that is pretty much legit. It, it's just it's just showing you something about yourself, and it's whether you want to listen to it or not. Mm. Everything reflects back on you and how you, and how you and how you feel internally and how, and what. So imagine you going through life, and you've gone through life, and I've gone through life. And every one of us that's listening to this podcast is going through life with lots of buttons that have come from our childhood, from our programming, from our generational traumas, all this stuff. We're going around through life with a load of buttons attached to our body. Every single button, someone can press and trigger a reaction out of you. And every reaction is an opportunity for you to learn how to remove that button from your life. Yeah. And it's, it's your choice whether you, whether you choose to, to actually go and remove that and actually do the, do the work there. Because everything's to show you something about yourself, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I've had some real doozies and it's taken a lot of, I think having children as well has helped um, dramatically, but you know, you are the the advocate for your kids, right? And what you put in front of them and who you allow in their life and things like that. But it takes um, a lot of guts to be able to walk away from something that doesn't feel good. And I've had some real doozies of people who, they will only be there because they can take and the second they can't take no more, um, 
they're gone. Yeah. They're gone, and you you question what what else could I have done? Oh, I should do more. I should do, and you just accept this behavior. You're just constantly walking forward when they're they're walking away, trying to give them all the bells and whistles because you can't understand how their behavior was one way with you at some point, and then now it's gone. Well, in life, you should never reward what you deem as bad behavior. But you Be- do, right? But but, do. but 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 we all, we we yeah. we all have at certain points. I mean. But there, there comes a point in time if you want to level up, level yourself up, where you have to start saying, you know, this is what I will and this is what I won't accept in all areas of my life, and I'm I'm absolutely resolute on that. And when you go into depth on on what you will and won't accept for yourself, that's yeah. that's when you can set these boundaries that allow you to grow. You can't you can't grow when you have no metric that's or right. framework to sit within, because even though you might never have written down your fr- framework of what you will and won't accept, as soon as I walk. walk I walked in here and I saw you as a woman that stood in her power and stood here and in her own presence and, and like feeling herself in love with herself in the right way and just stood there in her presence. I, I already knew that you had a framework that you must operate from subconsciously to yeah. be able to do that because you can't, a woman can't stand in it and be open in her femininity and be open and just um, how you, how you operate and how you flow but also know who the fuck she is if she hasn't got a framework to follow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of men and women out there that have never really sat down and thought to yourself, do you know what? I need to work out what I'm really about and what, how I really want to turn up to the world. Cause that's, that, that's essentially what, we, what we've all got to do. You yeah. don't achieve what you've achieved with the gyms, with the franchises, with, you know, with being a mother, unless you've, had that conversation internally at some point right yeah like a daily conversation that subconsciously you're having all the time how do you how do you make sure then that things always fall into alignment has there been any times recently where you've had to make a hard decision about things that you just you don't oh this could be good but it doesn't really sit well with me yeah yeah (laughs) i think 2022 was a it was a big year for everyone and I'm ending it on a massive high. But um, there's just certain behaviours now and I'm coming, I'm becoming better um, throughout the end of this year, especially having a reflection on and people ha- like have a think, um, your significant person, whether that be your partner or your best friend or your parent or whatever, if you have that one person that you – can put your entire trust into compare if you're having a conversation with someone or you've got a friendship or a relationship think would for me it's my best friend Erin would Erin do that to me no would Erin make me feel that way no would Sam make me feel that way no would Sam behave like that to me no did I do anything differently no okay then that's your intuition like listen to it if you can compare it and you are lucky enough to compare it to someone that you can put your full trust into and you know will back you at the end of the day and, and has the best intentions for you as a friend or partner or um, person in their world, use that if that's a starting point. Because I've had some really disgusting behaviours happen, especially recently, and it's made me think... Well, one, yeah, that sucks, that hurts. But two, 
thank you world for cutting it now and not letting it drag on any longer because I don't want to invest any time or energy into this behavior or this person when I could be putting more back into the ones that are, are valued in yeah, my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for allowing me to move on quickly and, and show me. And, and it's always because you stand up for yourself. I don't know if anyone's ever had that experience where they finally have a voice. They finally just put their voice out there and they stand up and they say no. No, I don't like what you said. But for so long, they've allowed it, right? They've turned a blind eye and, and that's, again, the disease of please. But you say no once and you get this awful reaction because that person loves the way that you are at, below them and the power that they have on you. They love it. And the second you say no, shit hits the, like, hits yeah. the roof. And you're like, I should have left this. I should have removed myself from this years ago, right? That situation when that happens don't dwell on it celebrate it know that now you can remove yourself and you can be confident and you can start investing in the best parts of your life and the better people in your life and take what you can learn from from that experience and grow and run with it I've let go of family friends people who really don't have the best intentions or don't like me and that's the whole I just don't give enough fucks I just don't care it's not my it's not my problem what you think about me yeah that's your problem well a lot of people's negativity or or problems towards you reflect back on how they feel internally at that moment Mm. within themselves like you know you, you might get a YouTube comment or you might get comments from someone in real life and a lot of the times it's just it's just if there's one finger pointing at you whether and they're making it towards you it's just there's there's five pointing back at them and it's kind of it's kind of work that they need to do which so in essence if you're listening to this and you're putting out any form of of if you f- see someone in, that has a nice life and you feel some kind of way against them that that's giving you an opportunity now to to see what's going on within you that makes you feel use inadequate. it use yeah. it use it listen and, to your body what you're feeling when yeah. you see positivity f- and it makes yeah. you negative yeah, why why do I why do why do I feel a certain way when I see this guy in a Lamborghini? Why do I hate on him? Why do I hate on this woman who has this following who who's this that and the other? Like what why do you why do you need to hate on anybody? They're all internal metrics that allow you to, to self evaluate and to yes. give you a lesson. It's just whether you want to hear it and that's men and women need need to take those lessons and listen to them rather than sitting there and saying, Do you know what? It's the world's fault and putting it out. As soon as you put your problems into the external world as if they're their problems, you're not you're you're losing the opportunity to do the work within yourself and then you're losing the opportunity of growth that you have been given. And you will get served that lesson again and again and again. It'll keep coming and, and, back. And it'll keep coming back. That's why I see so many beautiful people in relationships that shouldn't be together that are toxic as fuck. Because they're in a pattern of events that keep attracting the same type of women, the same type of men into their life. Yeah. And the reason is because they're being served this karmic lesson on 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 whether they've got to find their voice, whether they've got to find their power or what they've got to do, or they've got to heal here or heal there. Mm. And then they ignore it. And then they go and chase it again. And they seek the less the same lesson. Because you'll always seek the lesson that you've never learned, right? Yeah. Exactly. And and sit there and think like this pattern, if it's happened however many times or if it's just the first time, are you happy, hand on your heart, are you happy to live like this for the rest of your life? 
Because if you're not, this these are the years where you have life in them. End it now, move on now, and enjoy the life that we have now. 30s, these have been my best years, being 30. I thought my 20s were my best. Actually, I thought my teens. Then I thought my 20s. And now I know my 30s. And it just keeps getting better. But eventually it will start getting harder. And I want to be happy in these moments, in these years, because this is when I have life. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be allowing people to rent space in my brain that don't exist, that shouldn't yeah. exist, sorry, in my world. Yeah. I don't want to allow them any space in my mind because I want my children to be my focus. I want my husband, my relationships with my friends, my business, my team, the people who value me. I want to give them all of me because I get it reciprocated back and it makes me it makes me rich, right? Because yeah. I gain dollars from them. They make me feel good. Yeah. And that's where I want to put my money into, you know, my energy into. I want to give yeah. them my dollars. You want to you want to pay into something that's going to pay you back in the way that you feel about yourself and elevate both parties. Absolutely. Like when I invest my time, my dollars into my children, right? And I give them, they give it back to me. In, in it's spades, not even better. In, they, 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 they'll give it back to you way more abundantly than you'll, than you'll ever be able to give to them even. Exactly. Because because children have uh, unconditional love that all ne- and because of the innocence that comes with that unconditional love, it's just it's just given to it's given so freely more than you, you could probably even give it exactly, and it it just gets reciprocated in a different way. Because I know when I see my niece and my nephew and the way that they and the way that they move and the way that they operate and the way that and and it's just like when you see that and you start to actually really be present with the fact of like the that these kids are like so pure in the fact of how they operate and how they move that's that's a beautiful thing to see yeah and to witness they teach you so much so much more than i think um we give them credit for subconsciously they're just consistently teaching and um you can, they make me make decisions without realizing i yeah. i make so many decisions with better thought and with more meaning because i really hold my title as a mother so proudly and I'm so uh, grateful and I guess, yeah, proud to have that responsibility and to be able to give them this life that I always wanted, to give them that family, that home, that noise in the house that fills every room, that dinner table that is so chaotic and just filled with cups and, and plates and food and Christmas where the wrapping paper fills the floor and a backyard where we're all literally laughing, music playing, a morning where we're all rushing, trying to get toast in our mouth and and do our hair and brush our teeth and we're all just running around like crazy headless chicken. Like I love that. Holidays. I took all five kids to New Zealand when the kids, the twins were maybe six months old and they were premie so they are probably even, you know, technically they weren't even that old. And going through the airport and going on a plane and trying to get that A to B, B to C adventure and doing the hustle, how fun that was. These are the things that I find are the wealth in my life. Those experiences, those challenges, I I run towards them because they are the things that I longed for as a child. I have lo- those memories. And I, lo- I love the fact that you said that because you've mentioned it a few times. You, you, you successful people find the wealth in the moments that allow them to be fully present with themselves. Mm. 
that's that's essentially what you said there. Yeah. Because when you're when you're when the chaos is all happening and the kids, I mean, you, let's just even go into that. Like having f- five kids in six in a six year period, and the stress that must have happened on on your body through that period to go from like you know being pregnant to like getting back in shape to being pregnant to getting back in shape to being pregnant to getting back in shape. Talk to me through your thought process of why you wanted to do all that in such a short space of time and how did you even recover your body after that? My poor body. Uh, One, I always wanted my children to be really close in age and the reason for it is I wanted them to grow up being filled with family and a foundation. I wanted them to have that person that they could always turn to that's at a close age. Um, I had a sister, I have a sister and she's three years older than me and even that was perfect for some periods of our life being that, you know, once we hit over a certain age, we really started to bond. Um, But, you know, there are certain patches where you find that age gap a little bit of a distance. I really wanted them to be so close and my husband came um, from a family as one of four and they were just so close and it was a loud household and I looked at him and I said, like, this is what I want. I want s- siblings playing with each other. I want to have – make a meal and there's so many bodies to feed, bring their friends over. I want to be able to provide that home, that place, that safe that safe haven. And um, having my children, I didn't want to have gaps. I wanted them all together. I wanted age-appropriate activities, holidays, everything to really work for all of them. And also the convenience of like when nappies are done, they're all kind of done and formula and bottles and, you know, we're all moving on together. And when they're at school, I'm going to have all of them in primary school together. I'm going to have all of them in high school together for a couple of years. Some of them are butted up um, one year after another, which is really exciting for me. Because aren't two sets of those, two two lots of twins, right? Yeah. So we'll have, um, for example, I'll have one in grade four, one in grade three. No one in two and one. I'll have one in prep and I'll have two in kindy. You know, so there's going to be a decent amount of time when they're all going to school together. They'll always have each other. Yeah. And when we get older, like, maybe I'm more guaranteed to have grandkids. (laughs) With the five. (laughs) You've really really gone into this, haven't you? You've really gone deep. Yeah. Family means everything to me. And... Sports, I will always encourage my kids to push themselves and I am not afraid to push my kids and teach them a bit of resilience and teach them about how it feels to lose, how it feels to win, how to be humble, how to be supportive and how to be a good winner or a good loser. I, yeah, adventures, like go travelling with each other and explore the world together, explore a caravan park, I don't care what it is, like just be together and have something to look back on and love about your life i just don't want and it's a different world now than when we were teenagers there's so much more pressures now Mm. i mean i met sam and he didn't have one photo of me online i couldn't portray an image i literally had to ring his home phone and be like excuse me mrs duncan is sam available you know and you get the cord phone and you ring it you try stretch it to the other room so no one can listen and you used to have to arrange to meet your mate in the center of town and then you'd have to be you'd have to name Mm. the location and and where you're going to be stood next to because you you didn't have a mobile phone just mad time no and you had to speak to the person you liked you had to physically see them you couldn't be behind a screen you couldn't put on a facade 
we were very blessed in a sense that you had to get to know each other, bear all and be completely who you are. It was unreal, you know, and when we were partying, when we were younger, going out to house parties and, and clubs, there was no photo evidence. So there was very little bullying growing up. No one really had anything to, it was just he say, she say, she said, and then next weekend, a new party, new activity and incident happened and new just ru- move on. New rumour that fades out, but like now we've got, photographic evidence of this that and the other and you got you got people selling content online that perhaps doesn't sit congruent with them but yet they do it because they're an attractive person and the the way society's gone now it's like you get rewarded for that in a lot of respects but really it's it's not actually rewarding you at a soul level because it's not actually what you're meant to be doing you meant you meant to actually be doing what you're what I, i don't personally know what you're meant to be doing but like you're meant to be doing what sits well within you. Yeah. And a lot of the time and it's more so you you just meant to be you. You've got to still be you at the end of the day. Know your morals, your values, who you are, and make sure that that's the first thing people know about you. Yeah. But it's so hard now because everything's in an image or with an audio over the top of it. So growing up it was quite easy to interact with guys and girls because you literally interacted face-to-face. You didn't have anything to hide behind. And if you had a disagreement at school, you were face-to-face with that girl. You know, everything was, you just man up and you do it. Do you, do you think, though, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of the, say, masculine energy in society is being taken away? In terms of like you know the way that a man would have to turn up turn up and treat 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 them treat the their own self respect and how they turn up to the world. Do you think a lot of that's changing? Yeah, I don't know. I just it's. I don't want to say yes and put any damper on um, body confidence and just confidence in general with guys. I think. We're all human, we all have feelings and we're all going through our own shit and putting yourself out there online and I guess it can be, it just can be portrayed so differently, you don't know and as you said, if you're looking at someone and it's making you unhappy, think about why. So if, you, if, if, you're, if you're a man out there and you want to sit within your, and you're listening to this and, and you want to sit within, they want to sit within their power and attract this um, beautiful, elegant woman into their life that, that can get on the bus with them and go in the direction that they want to go in and pursue what purposeful and meaningful to them and create this life that they so dream of doing, what would your advice be to that man looking, looking for that type of woman in his life? Delete her social media and make sure every interaction is either on the phone or in person and get to know her. Get to know the person that you want to potentially spend the rest of your life with. Like think about why you're investing your everything into someone. And if you are a family person like myself and you want to grow a family with someone, take that seriously. Don't walk into that relationship and think a child's going to fix it. If it needs fixing, don't don't put a child in that environment. That is the icing on the cake when everything else is it's made. It's whole. It's whole. When you're when you're when you're both when you're whole 
as, as separate individuals. That's just coming from someone who had an, a very broken upbringing and how bad it can really affect a child. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you think when you and Sam came together at school, you were you became whole as a collective, mm-hmm. and you started to heal you both in certain areas that you needed healing? Yeah. So, in a nutshell, with Sam, he was born and raised in New Zealand, and he came from a very rough upbringing. Have you watched Once Warriors? No, I haven't, no. You should watch it. It's an interesting uh, movie. There's a couple of them. And that's basically what his life was like. And there were times when he would have to go to the hospital and couldn't identify his mum. Like, she was so badly beaten. And they were stripped out of – I think he went to, like, 12 primary schools. Um, The cops would just come, grab them, and ship them to a woman's refuge, just trying to hide. And it's a home where women trying to get out of – Bad relationships. relationships, yeah. They hide with the children and gang-affiliated people find you and definitely over there. And so they'd get found, she'd give in and go back and it'd just become this vicious cycle and the kids were badly treated as well. And eventually they were stripped and taken over to Australia and due to their criminal record, they couldn't come into the country. Um, and so when he came here, he was living in Housing Commission House and um, his mum was on her own, four boys, very wild boys, two with ADHD, and um, she was flogging herself, trying to do night shift, make as much money as she could. And um, and now having five kids, I can see just how challenging that would have been for her. Um, and when we – and, you know, it, it, that rocked her. So he doesn't have a relationship with his dad – um, she, it, it really rocked her. She was in and out of mental institutes and is probably never going to be the mum that he had, um, you know, and she's over in New Zealand now. So we do everything on our own. Um, but when things were not great at home with him, um, and he had a lot of responsibility being the eldest of four, it was a blessing in disguise that we both met when we did meet. And um, without talking about it and without actually understanding it, as I said, like we were young, you don't really understand why things are happening and why you're drawn to each other and what's really going on. But now we look back at it uh, and we've processed sort of what was happening. We understand why it worked. And um, that is why we – and I mean, again, like as you said, if you're someone now looking to settle with someone, look at their values – our values were the same. He wanted that family. He wanted to give his kids a dad. Yeah. And I wanted to give my kids a dad, you know, and um, and show them a relationship that they could potentially desire or admire or inspire to have themselves. Um, but also that safe haven that no matter what happens, there's a room. There's a roof over your head. There's food on the table. Um, I see exactly what you're saying because my mum and dad have been married like 44 or 45 years and I see the unconditional love in between the pair of them and the way that they have different roles and the way they interact. And when you've seen that for the longest time like I have, you can't really accept anything less in your life than that for what you want in a partner and how you want to operate because you've seen that. 
there's 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 no other way it's it's been it's been my normal when i see dysfunctionality and broken homes and this that and the other it's like that doesn't resonate with me because it's not my reality i i understand that it happens but i don't want to live that reality myself so that it makes me think to myself okay right then the choice that you make for a partner has to be when you go all in you go all in Mm. and and that's why i think in a lot of my life from what you just said there, I can see why I've gone all in on a lot of stuff. Like when I go all in, I'll go all in on the podcast. I go all in on the business. I go all in on, if I'm in a relationship, I'm all in because that is the only way to, to treat, you have to be willing to open yourself up and be vulnerable in certain areas of your life to be able to go all in. Because if you don't go all in, you literally, you're creating that chaos that you say that you don't want. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. Very powerful. Absolutely. And, if you're not putting your all or your heart into something, don't expect anything less. Do you know what I mean? If you're not giving it all, don't expect to have 100% return. Yeah. Put in the work. You know, you do the hard work so life is easy. You don't, if you do the easy work, life is hard. Um, when you walk into a relationship, walk in knowing your values. Like, I really want to have children. So when I'm evaluating this significant other, would they even be good enough for my kids? Do they align with what I want my children to be raised with? Do I know the damages of, of that sort of behaviour around children? Like, no. Like, I don't want to waste that person's time, but I'm also not going – I know I'm going to listen to my intuition. Like, I, I'm i not going to pursue it. I th- I th- there's, there's, there's two things that I've picked up from you today. I think – You've either got to know exactly who you're locking in with early as possible and lock in and then go on the path together. Mm. Or you've got to know exactly what you want in a partner and then lock into that and then go in the pursuit of what what feels most purposeful to you on your own and then attract that partner in over the period of time. They're the only two ways that I can see you can actually do it. Yeah. Every, everything else causes chaos because if you go out looking when you've not done the healing you're going to create chaos what is if, your intention right? yeah, yeah 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 if you if you go out to the world with the wrong intentions of just you know what young what what we do as younger people when we go out and we're single like that's not going to bring back the to your environment yeah you know there's a lot of successful entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast and the worst thing that they could potentially do is think oh i need a partner and go out and go looking for a partner now and take their eye off the ball of what they should be doing when they should be concentrating on their business and, and what they're doing and then attracting in the type of partner that they, they can to facilitate their growth. Yeah. Because that's kind of, I think, how you guys have built Hit to be so successful as a business and by franchising it into all these different locations and everything you're doing is because you've worked together as a team to go from here to the concept to moving it forward, right? Yeah. Is that kind of how... Is that, did, did, well... It the business was created based on my transformation as a person through fitness, right? So twenty twenty one, yeah, I hit rock bottom, and so so was Sam. He realized that um, his eating caught up with him. Not playing footy doesn't work anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't all muscle. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we went and we did this gym and got into Muay Thai and started lifting weights and transforming feeling ourselves and really feeling so positive we were elevating i was losing relationships in like that party scene and the the places where i wasn't valued for who i am were you a part were you a partier then back in the day i can still party but were you a partier yeah definitely 
definitely. Mad. Yeah. I was always the last one to come home. <laughs> Known for staying out to the sunrises. I am an energized bunny and it helps in business and with children. But I now channel my energy in the right areas that help me grow and evolve and be the person that I know I can be and that I've done the work when I was a child. Like, don't give up now. Don't just waste all that work. Keep going. Do Manifest what you want and then head for it. So, yeah, anyways, we, uh, we were both really working on ourselves and that's where it started and fitness changed our lives. We did it because that's all we knew was when we found our best, we were active. So let's go into gym and um, let's go and do some sports and, and do it together because we did everything together. And um, from there, it gave me the confidence to then start working on my career. And I remember going to my boss and I said, I would like to go part-time. I want to do a personal training course. I am helping a lot of people online. I was sharing everything. And when I'd go to the gym, I'd help people, but I'm not qualified. And I wasn't getting any money for it and thinking that was fine. But at the end of the day, I I, I can see this is going to be a, a path for me that I... Did you have a big following at the time? No. no. And Instagram had only just come out. Facebook was mainly the one. MySpace was just fading. Yeah. And this whole new platform of Instagram came out and we were a bit uninterested, I would say, being that you could only post an image and Facebook was just way more interactive. Anyways, my boss said, you won't do good. There's so many personal trainers out there. What do you know? I would recommend you don't do it. So that afternoon I handed my resignation, very basic resignation, and said, see you later, I'll figure it out. I've spent all my life with people doubting me, with the closest people not believing in me, putting me down. And you that didn't, You behavior, didn't want to relive that. You didn't want to relive that at all. That behavior, that reverse psychology makes me thrive. I'd already done so much of the groundwork, I'm now going to do some more. And I am not wasting another second behind this desk where I'm not valued, where no one sees potential in me. I'm going out there and I'm going to do it. So I went and got a job at an insurance company for fitness, a shoe shop and found out what a bunion was and I had to vacuum (laughs) dead skin out of shoes. I did cleaning and bar waitressing in bikinis and put myself in nightclub bikini comps to get as much money as I could so that I could keep the roof over my head and get the food, get the fuel, pay my insurance for my car, everything so that I could survive. And I was living off like two-minute noodles. I was driving from one place to another place trying to figure, you know, it taught me how to roster or put things into calendars and be organized. And that is very important running a company. But from there, I finished my qualifications and I was still obviously growing on social media at that point and sharing everything. And I was genuinely just authentically sharing my journey, not for any reason in particular, just more so because I was confident, I was feeling great. And when you start feeling, actually feeling good, you're not just putting on this front, 
you want to share it. You want to help people. And that's what happens when you start doing well. You want to pick people up and encourage people to join you and come with you for the ride. Because you want to, put the, you want to put the hand out down the ladder and help other people elevate. It happens naturally. And we see it time and time through our gym. And I remember going to my coach at the Muay Thai gym and I said, I want to be, I've got this vision, I want to be the fitness female trainer for Muay Thai. They had no female trainers there. I never fought because fighting was triggering for me. That's what that's from behavior. Child, that's from your childhood. That's a behavior you that taught behavior to made my heart elevate so bad that I couldn't bring it back down. So I was like, no way in hell do I want to put myself in a ring with someone who knows what they're doing and hit them to win and motivate and inspire other women that this is what's going to make me feel better and elevate in life. I respect the sport, love the sport. My husband fought. He did Muay Thai and was fantastic at it. But I needed to stay in my lane. And that was another learning curve that is so important. Stay in your lane. You don't need to be everyone else. You don't need to compare yourself to everyone else it's, either. It's that inner knowing that you wanted to use Muay Thai for fitness, but you didn't need because to Because that's what helped me. Yeah, because that's what facilitated your growth, right? And that's what you knew could facilitate other people. Because I knew I wasn't growth. the only one. I wasn't the only Chantel. There were other women like me who had similar upbringings, had similar doubters in their life, had similar traumas, had just no confidence in themselves. There were other women like me. I knew that. I wasn't the only one. Like I'm not sitting here being a victim. I know that there's other people that go through shit. And so if I could allow an outlet like this had provided to me but make it possible like create something for them so that it's all sorted they just come and I see stars in people I see stars in everyone's eyes my clients when they walk in I'm like you are going to be fucking sick like we are going to change your freaking life I know you can do it and everyone is like how do you see that in people when we know we might fail like there's so much opportunity for us to fail like life is really hard and I'm like nah you're gonna do it like I honestly believe in so many people because I believe in the power of no one can deny you of hard work. It is literally hard work. You don't need to have all the money in the world. You don't need to have um, – you don't need to be the smartest. All you got to do is show up and I will push you every day. I will make you do more things than you would do if you didn't have me by your side. And then every time you show up, you're going to walk out feeling that little bit more confident, that little bit more powerful, and I'm going to make it a, a vicious cycle for you that's going to create some like fierce, unstoppable person. So I pitched it to the coach. I said, I know you're a fight gym and like this goes against everything, but I'm going to be the fitness girl who brings females into your gym that don't want to fight. And I've never had a fight and I'm going to teach them Muay Thai but just for fitness. And he's like, you know, don't believe it. Uh, but if you want to do it, $600 a week rent. You can have space. $600 a week rent. Yeah, this was way more than my rent that I was That's a lot of money for rent back in the day. Back in the day. We're talking 2011, 2012. And I, there was no equipment. I had my own pads, my own spare gloves for my clients and it was a carpeted space on the floor, and that's where I could pad hold for my clients. If the ring was free because no one was working, of course I could go in the ring, and if a treadmill was free, I could warm them up. Otherwise, it was outside. I would run the block with them, come back, do the pad holding, and i pay $600 a week rent. For the privilege. 
for the privilege. Yeah. And reverse psychology. I was like, bring it on. Sure, I'll pay $600 a week rent. My house rent is 400 and I have four people that live there help chip in to make that rent. Got home, my husband's like, you, you said yes to what? And I'm like, if I just get X amount of clients that pays for the rent and then anyone after that is profit. And he's like, you're an insane woman. I'm like, I couldn't say no. I couldn't show fear or let him, you know, for so long that's how it was. I'm not going to do that anymore. I am going to make this work. I'm doing this for all the women out there that I'm going to help change their lives. Like I will do the work and I will get it done. And I got up to 115 personal training sessions a week. I managed to do two to three classes a week that would be booked out for minimum two weeks in advance. I could not squeeze another person in. I think I was making up to $5,000 a week with just two pads. I was getting hit every session, 115 sessions of me holding pads. I had a dare from a client who said, hey, there's a IMBA, bodybuilding comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon you should enter it. I'm like, when is it? This was Tuesday. She goes, it's this weekend. She goes, you got bikinis. You've done all the, you've done bikini comps before. And I'm like, okay, I want it. My body was so wrecked. It was so lean and shredded from doing all this pad work that I was able to enter a competition without dieting or training for it and win it. I never did another one since from that one comp because I did feel as though I'd stripped effort and quality away from people who walked on stage after many, many months of, of dieting preparation, and preparation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I don't want to be judged like that because my efforts were not adequate or even comparable to the efforts of these women up here. And I feel like I ripped them off. But that's just an example of how much I was pushing myself. It taught me the power of hard work to another level. And I was watching women completely flip their lives upside down in a positive way and empowering mothers. I was not, I was, I had no children. I was so young. I was only 22 and I was training like 30 something year old women, changing their life, a 20 something year old girl. And I thought this, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. I want to change people like myself. And I want to show them that with a coach, like I had as a child that would push me and encourage me and see stars in me. And they really did back me. They believed in me. I had coaches that would train me for free before school because they felt there was potential in me and they knew I had no money. And I wanted to be that person for these people. So that's why I started the classes because I couldn't fit any more people in. And um, it was a cheaper option if they wanted to come and train with me. And then um, from there, I outgrew the gym and, you know, just needed to go and spread my wings. And so I opened up a shed and I could only afford and I had saved every dollar. I didn't know what to do with that money, that kind of money. You know what I mean, I had always counted my coins for my fuel and lived off two minute noodles and packets of chips. And I remember getting this shed thinking that is a lease I need to pay now. And it's not far off the 600 a week. <laughs> I need to get the flooring done. That costs X amount. I need to have enough pads for a whole class. My classes were capping at 60 to 70 people a class every time. Um, people just doing Muay Thai. I had no equipment at this point. I couldn't afford it. I took the desk from my house and put that at the, the front of the building as a reception counter. I wrote down every receipt. I learned how to do tax from the ground up. 
I did everything. I was the cleaner. I was the childminder. I was the class runner. I was the bookkeeper. I was a receptionist. I've done every job in my business without the programs that we have now, like the manual way of doing it. And it taught me so much and I was able to learn quickly because I didn't have that backing from school. I didn't go in and finish school thinking I was going to be a business owner. So I'd never really invested my attention and time into those areas. So I self-taught. And again, no one can deny you of hard work. It yeah. gets you from some from A to B. And I didn't have any parents sitting there helping me. I had no investment. I just sat there for from 4 a.m. till like 10 at night every day trying to make sure I counted everyone's memberships and who was paying cash, who was paying transfer, you know, um, cleaning the gym, making sure it's already setting up and creating the next class and dealing with injuries and insurances and whatever. And like, again, I had a fitness insurance um, little job before I started. So I learned all about insurance and how important it was and, and everything. And then um, my husband eventually quit his scaffolding job, typical Islander, loved his scaffolding and came on board and it became a mixed gym at then. And he brought in his fighting background and his rugby league um, raw athletic sort of explosive uh training style you brought that into the gym yeah and i just gradually built two kettlebells two dumbbells a couple of skipping ropes and just gradually kept growing the equipment in the gym i didn't have anything to go back on to get a loan for if anything i had debt because i was paying for a lease and i rented a house and um yeah just went one day at a time, one week at a time, and eventually got to this facility that we were capping classes at 115 people a class. I was turning people away, saying, like, I physically don't have enough equipment to train you all in that one hour. I was hiring people. I was hiring my clients because they were the people who believed in the philosophy. They're the ones who transformed their life through what we did. So who else better to sell the business to the clients and the people who have actually done the work. And been through the journey, yeah. Yeah, I just, I saw stars in them. I'm like, go get qualified and I'll train you up how to be the best trainer. If this is how you want to train and you want to change people's lives through this way, the power of fitness, I'll hire you. I'll get you on board. And um, is it, Had you always formulated the brand hit from that moment? High intensity interval training. Like I had to explain for about a solid two to three years that it wasn't a radio station. Hit station. No one knew what hit meant. I wish I um, locked in that word because <laughs> now it's a very popular way yeah. of uh, marketing, training and gyms. But yeah, high intensity interval training. It was all I did as a child. I did a lot of explosive, raw athletic, track and field um, sport. I was always short bursts of energy, high jump, long jump, sprinting, rugby, touch, basketball. And when you do Muay Thai kickboxing, how to get better at it, it's through strength and conditioning. So explosive training, uh, very little of what you do in the strength component for Muay Thai kickboxing is on a machine. You're barely sitting. You're using – your body is a machine. You're using free weight. And so I made my strength and conditioning training complement my work in the ring with my trainer. So – that's where the gym was developed and that's why we do what we do is so it complements that sport. And did you develop a, the whole brand and the aesthetic of how the whole brand looks from this one place and get it exactly right how it was in that one place and then franchise the model that way? Yeah, so we then uh, first franchised out with 
pair, a couple, and had them work with us hands-on, had them then run our classes and watch them and went through their classes and then had them PT and watched them do that, watched them do reception, watched how they cleaned, watched how they did everything. Um, and then took them to a, a facility and then opened it up with them and they did ex- they were extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. And then we did it again and just kept going like that. And now it uh, isn't as hands-on. Um, everything's got systems. manuals and systems and it's so much easier, portals. And there's such a more technical way of doing everything. Whereas back in the day, I literally learned from scratch and hands-on trained everyone. Um, whereas now we don't need to. How many franchise territories are, are there at this moment? There's nine at the moment. So, And what's going to be the rollout for the like, next couple of years? My husband's taken over that role and he's got big dreams and ambitions and I think he's, you know, wants to get up to the 50, etc., um, which is definitely possible, definitely um, doable. What's, what's the cost of setting up a hit franchise? Again, there is scaled options. You can go like boutique. Depends on where you are, really. Where is there car parking space? Is there even space in that CBD or or whatnot? But um, definitely well over the hundred thousand to set it up and get it going properly. Um, that includes like your training, your fit out, everything like that. But I wouldn't. I'd be lying to you if I told you like an exact figure. Yeah, no. It's good. It's good though that you've you've got the ambition to set it up to to be the size of some something like in this country like a fit stop like a like a what f45's previously done around the world and yeah. things like that that's kind of that's kind of the route you're going down i suppose yeah i mean that's more sam i am happy with i'd be happy with just the nine and just doing fantastic with the nine um i own the original gym and i don't think i'll ever not own it i personally i think it's a selfish um love of mine that I just really value the one that created everything that and have you gym. have you bought the underlying commercial asset that it sits in as well yeah that was our first goal before we moved into the building that it's in now is that I want to own I don't want to pay the rent anymore I want to own the, you the company own it, yeah. um obviously we want to start with anyone you want to start your portfolio and your property portfolio but that one I don't know if I'll ever get rid of it <laughs> No, I'd no, have to be 80. Uh, yeah, my passion, obviously, as I've evolved with children, is to put my time into them, but really elevate the gyms that we do have and enjoy what I'm doing. I don't want to not enjoy it. If they if it gets to a point where it's too much stress and I don't enjoy it and I don't feel like the people are aligning with the value and not giving the hard work that we put into getting to where we are today any credit or they're devaluing what we're doing and they're harming people in the community, which is it goes against everything that the brand is about because they're not invested like we are, then I don't want to do it. It's not about having 50 gyms and being able to label that. It's about having nine really good gyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. living a life where I can freely be a mum when I need to be and not sit there day in, day out working 24-7. Like at the end of the day, these are the years where I have more life. What was my whole purpose in doing what I do? Because I want to have a family. I want to have a family and yeah. and fix the things that, um, you know, I didn't have and enjoy it for the parts that I can control. I can control this now. I couldn't control what I had growing up. But this is my 
second chance in life to do it the right way and to have those memories and create them. I'm just in a different role now. Um, I don't want to have 50 gyms and be people pleasing to say that. That that's that's the key thing. There is your self awareness of what actually why you truly started in the pursuit of something, mm. and that all comes down to self awareness, definitely. Yeah, because when so many of us can get taken off into this growth, 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 and growth for growth's sake mindset. There's there's many people that might listen to this that might have grown their business past the size that's ideal to suit them for their lifestyle. But the whole point of your business is to facilitate what you actually personally want to achieve. Yeah. Not just not you're not just meant to grow a business for growth's sake because you can. Like you you, you if you if you've got a um a five or ten million dollar a year business and it's really and it gives you time with your family and it gives you minimal stress because you've got x amount of people working in it but yet you can scale it to 50 million but then you start causing yourself a whole load of drama wouldn't it just be better just to have the the the, the business that actually facilitated what you originally set out for rather than pursuing more money and more this and more that for just for just one word more for no reason other than more exactly is that something that you've dialed into now that you know what is enough and you kind of don't want to you, you you're you're absolute in what you want from it yeah and it comes down to that whole hitting 2021 where you wanted to change your life and you started seeing relationships expire and you start holding on to those real and nurturing those real yeah. solid relationships it's like if you forget where it's most important in life you you forget what is going to fulfill you in life what's going to have you rest your head at that last moment of life and be satisfied with what you did with the years that you had because you're so driven by a distraction um that i never want to get to that point i never want to be so greedy that i forget about who I am and who I came, where I came from, and stay grounded. Wealth to me is having a life where I have the most incredible relationships with people that value me, that I can put my faith and trust into, that will be there. If I had nothing, they would still value me the same. If I was a nobody, they would still value me the same. If I had nothing to give them, they would still be there. That's yeah. what I want to live my life like. By all means, I could definitely use the power of no one can deny you of hard work and push success. But is that going to make me happy? Because I'm going to miss the years that I have with these kids and I'm going to give them a mum that's not present. It goes against everything in my bone, like in my body. Having a, Investing my time into my relationship with my husband, I want a good, solid relationship with my husband. I didn't get married for shits and giggles. I got married because I genuinely loved that person and saw a future with them and I want to hold on to that and work on that and if you do the hard work life is easy so every day work on it with your children work on them because then life will be easier you can enjoy the fruits of your labor have quality over quantity if having 50 gyms makes me 20 million dollars I don't know if enjoying that 20 million dollars with my friends who value me with no money is even going to be worth the effort and the time and the commitment. Yeah. My my friends don't need me. I mean, they probably are listening to this going, get that yacht, Sean, get that yacht. But they don't need me driving a, a, around. 
in a Lamborghini and taking them in a yacht around the world. They just want time with me. They want to see my kids. They want to party with me. They want to go to the gym and like work on goals with me. Like that is living. They don't give a shit if my roof is one size or another. Yeah. Um, I just want to put my kids through good schooling. I want them to see me at night and see me in the morning. I want them to see me working hard. I want them to be around no drugs and no toxic toxic relationships. I want them to be introduced to people that I have good relationships with that I can put my trust into. I want them to have a life where they'll just, for that moment before things get stressful for kids, I want them to have fun and be happy. Um, and, yeah, if that means sacrificing 50 gems, then I'll sacrifice 50 gems. Yeah, because, it, and it, and like I said, it all it all comes down to the, self-identification of what you want for yourself in your life and you've had that clear i think for a lot for a long long time even if not defined on paper but i think you've had it defined in your head for a long time if there was uh, if there was one piece of, of advice and wisdom that you could leave this world with and you couldn't leave them the gyms you couldn't leave them any businesses and all that stuff but you could just leave one pearl of wisdom that you know will impact and empower everyone that listens to this podcast what would you leave It'd be two parts and again i've repeated it a fair bit but it is to live with intention or intent and that no one can deny you of hard work you can't cannot take that away from someone don't ever let anyone take that away from you you can achieve anything love it and that guys is Chantel Duncan and she is smashed life and I hope you guys because I didn't when when I start out and, and set out on a podcast I I have podcasters conversations so like I don't I generally don't know I didn't know today where this was going and where I headed but I'm really pleased that we had that conversation and I hope you guys got enough value out of it as well because I I think that if you approach all of your relationships in the way that Chantel's broke down and and do the work and work on those demons of your childhood I think that's ultimately going to free you and take you to a whole new level of life that you all want to live and also that there's parts of that there where Chantel talks into the fact of like knowing what you want from your business and only growing it to the size of, of of what facilitates your other life as well outside so that you can give more life and more um, substance to your family. I think that's so important. So thank you so much for your time today. And guys, like, subscribe, share it with your friends. I appreciate all of you that listen and uh, we'll be back soon. And I'll, Any last words from you? I just hope that um, this resonates with one person and I can help someone put their best foot forward. So if that is you, send me a message because that will absolutely motivate the crap out of me. Thank you for listening. I love that. I love that. Peace out, guys. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.